sound of that tractor means it's time for us to go to work. Welcome to the Give Us the Dirt podcast powered by HGC. My name is Brandon Lindsay and I am your host. You guys are in for a treat today. We've got a very special guest, someone I consider a dear friend with us today. This is going to be fun. We've got the Vice President of Sales for the East Division of Martin Marietta, Mr. Jim Thompson with us today. Jim, welcome to the Give Us the Dirt podcast. Thank you very much, Brandon. Looking forward to it. And you'll be able to tell as we go through this podcast that this is not the first time Jim and I have hung out. Like Jim, <laughs> I go back a long time. We were talking right before we started, what, 17 years? I came to Charlotte in uh, February of 2001, and I think you were, so we worked together for 17 years, and uh, you were probably 23, 24 years old at the time. I was young. So I, I had got, a lot more hair. I, a lot more hair. I got a lot of stories on you, but you got them on me too. So Yeah, we're I'm not the guest today, right. Jim. You That's are right. the guest. So, I, look, I consider Jim a just a great leader, motivator. Jim, you're an incredible team builder, but... You're equally as great a friend. And so thank you for being willing to come on today. Matter of fact, as much as I know about you, I'm a little bit surprised that you agreed to do this. No kidding. Like this could be dangerous, right? (laughs) Right. Not at all. Not at all. Um, So we're going to get started. The way we do this here at the Give Us the Dirt podcast is um, your wife's name Sissy, right? Correct. How long have you and Sissy been married? Sissy and I have been married uh, this June, 10 years, but we dated for three years before that. 10 years. So, Congratulations. Yeah, I, and I robbed the cradle. People <laughs> tell me that all the time. All so, right, so let's say Sissy goes home and she says, I've met this incredible guy. How does she describe you to her family? Well, the funny thing about this is is that, um, and and I've thought about this because you, this is, you probably don't even know this, but her sister or stepsister in Statesville is married to a guy that uh, is over the blasting for Vulcan, uh, one of our largest competitors in the market area. And one of their sons is a management trainee for Vulcan. And uh, so we kind of joke about it when we visit with them Thanksgiving and Christmas and things like that. And we're driving back down I-77 and I talk about, you know, your your parents have got to be awfully proud. You know, the girls could have married doctors you know, lawyers, whatever, but they married two guys in the rock business. So um, I would hope that she would have said that, um, you know, met a guy, uh, he's nice, he's caring, and um, he understands that uh, with me comes the whole package. I have a stepdaughter and a stepson, and so you don't just marry the mom, you marry the whole family. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So you actually know what she told him. No, not really. <laughs> so I'm just making it up as we go. So I love it. I yeah. love it. Sissy's an uh, incredible uh, lady. You guys are a great couple. It's just, uh, I'm so excited for you. Congratulations on 10 years of marriage. That's really cool. So a lot of people know Martin Marietta, but they may not know what Martin Marietta is today, right? People here, sure. I work for Martin Marietta, and they think, hey, you know, you guys are in the aerospace program, right? right. You, you built the Titan rockets and the right. Walt Disney monorail. Right. That's not the Martin Marietta it is today, right? No, it's not. Um, matter of fact, we were part of Lockheed Martin. So most people, when you meet them, that's the first thing you have to explain. That's not what we do. Um, Martin Marietta is in the construction aggregates. We are an aggregate-led company. Uh, although in different parts of the country, we do have ready mix concrete, we have cement mills, we've got uh, asphalt paving in Colorado, uh, but mainly we mine uh, aggregate uh, that's crushed into sizes of uh, various sizes that are used primarily in ready mix concrete, asphalt paving, 
uh, base under asphalt. So, uh, so it's, it's something quite honestly that I never knew existed, uh, until I got into it. And it's, you know, a lot of people don't know what it is. Uh, I, you know, I tell people when I work for Martin Marietta and I talk about around the Charlotte area, we've got eight, nine active quarries and you'll see them look kind of puzzled. And then they'll say, well, where are they? And I start telling them where they are. And they're like, I had no idea there was a quarry there. Well, great. That's what we're all about. We don't, we want to be good neighbors and we don't want to create a ruckus or anything like that, but it's a necessary product for construction. So I think, you know, so many people don't know that. I didn't know it before. So I started, and a lot of people don't know, I spent 20 years working at Mark Marietta. I worked under Jim's leadership for 17 of those. Right. And, um, but I always struggled with that, Jim. And so tell me, what is your, what is your role? My role, my title is Vice President of Sales for the East Division. And actually, it's a newly created role as of March. So and I always struggle with that. And I, you have to tell me how you do this. I never could figure out how to tell people what I did. Right. right? I was in sales for Martin Marietta. And right. people would say, well, what do you do? I work for Martin Marietta. And then I would try to be as eloquent as you just were about telling them what Martin Marietta does. And they'd say, well, what do you do? And I'd say, I sell aggregate. And they what is what is aggregate? Well, it's it's construction materials that's used for concrete, asphalt paving, and like, well, what kind of materials? And at the end of the conversation, I would just have to come out and say, look, I sell rocks. Right. right. I sell rocks. Right. And, you know, and it does, I tried to make it sound sexy, but I always struggled with it. You did a good job, actually. It, it's funny, Brandon, because um, the way I started out in this business, and, and again, I was the first one other than my dad and my family to go to college. So I didn't really have a lot of um, coaching and things that went along with that. So I thought I was supposed to go get, go to college, get a degree, get out and work a job where I wore a coat and tie every day. All right. The problem was, was that when I was growing up, I loved anything with a motor in it. I loved working outdoors. I loved my summer jobs were outdoor jobs, but I just didn't know this industry, the grading, the asphalt, the ready mix. I didn't know it existed. And I went so far as to take the LSAT and was accepted to go to law school. And then I finally realized, well, that's not really what I want to do. But I kind of bounced around a little bit for about six years. And um, Charles Reeves with Reeves Construction, uh, we had a mutual friend that he put us together or they put us together. And Mr. Reeves was over Hanson's quarries in Georgia and South Carolina, as well as their construction division, Reeves Construction. And, um, and he was trying to revamp their sales force. And again, I didn't really know anything about it, but the first thing he wanted me to do was go to Macon, Georgia and work with people that are doing what our customers do. And I was supposed to be there for 90 days and I loved it so much. And, you know, they had a project manager leave here, there, whatever, but I loved it so much that my 90 day training period turned into almost three years before they moved me over to aggregate sales. But I just loved it. You know, I loved the team concept of it and the relationship part of it. And when they moved me to aggregate sales, you know, having a unique perspective of having been a customer uh, was just really awesome for me because I liked everybody that I dealt with, subcontractors, pipe people, ready mix, aggregates, but I only respected a, ha a handful. And so when I got on the sales side, I wanted to be that guy. You know, I tell our young guys all the time, the easiest job they have is to be liked, but we want to be respected as business people. And so anyway, long story short, that's how I got into the business and 
I, I could not have been more blessed. I tell people all the time, and Sissy, again, like I said, we've been together and she's been to meetings and different things like that. It's an industry that we would love for my stepson, who's a rising senior at East Carolina, we would love for him to get into the business because we know what it's about. And, you know, you may meet a jerk every once in a while, but for the most part, people are really good down to earth folks. And that is exactly why we started this podcast. We yeah. wanted to talk to those people. We wanted to talk to people like you and the rest of the construction industry because they got great stories. Yeah. And you have a great story. You know, Jim, you actually left out a little bit of it. You went straight from college and Nixon Law School straight to entering in with Hanson and aggregate sales. But there was uh, there was a little bit before that too, right? You sure. didn't you didn't start with um with being aggregate sales. No. And just to help <laughs> just to help jog your memory a little bit, we put I found some photos which mm. a lot of times we have to play serious detective work to sure. be able to find photos of the guests of the Give Us the Dirt podcast. What, sure. with you, I've been sitting on a vault of Jim Thompson pictures for many, many years. And I, I pulled out the ones that I could show here. Wow. Wow. Like, do you recognize this guy? Uh, which one? Top left? Oh, my goodness, that suit. Uh, yeah, that was strong, wasn't it? Uh, so so everybody knows, so we get a perspective on this. I'll be 62 years old in September. So I graduated from high school in 1978. Uh, so I probably was not the only guy wearing a tuxedo like that to prom um, in 1978. Funny thing is, one of my kids, my I have two sons from my first marriage, and they ran across that picture, and he thought I had been married before. Uh, because I'm there in a tuxedo and the girl had on a white dress or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, that's, I remember when you got these pictures. That is yeah, awesome. I caught Brandon going through my briefcase. Uh, and Jim, I, I do, I do want to tell you, I did not crop that picture in the bottom left. Like I didn't crop everyone's heads out except for yours. Yours is just the only one we could see <laughs> in the pit. And look at those legs. Oh yeah. 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 I was a much smaller man back in the day. Man, this is great. So, all right. So, this is this is you. You're a young buck at this time. You're coming out of college. You said, you know, other than your dad and brother, that was y'all were the first yeah. to do that. And so, you go to Auburn. Yes. Graduate you graduate from Auburn. from Auburn. What's the first job? The first job I had was I worked for a uh, rep group that was based out of Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, they covered the whole state of Mississippi and Shelby County, Tennessee. So my first job was in Memphis, and I was a sales rep for this rep group that uh, they rep for LG Balfour. So a lot of people recognize that name for uh, you know caps and gowns, invitations, class rings, fraternity and sorority jewelry. So here I am, 23 years old, with a company car, which happened to be a Chevrolet Caprice, and I'm selling fraternity and sorority jewelry at Ole Miss and Mississippi State and all these other places. And so uh, we also rep some yearbooks and things like that. So it was an interesting, um, it was an interesting uh, first job out of school. And the cool thing about it was, was that they hired um, several young guys. So when I say young guys, like right out of school, and we were working with more senior sales reps, which might have been at the time early 30s. Uh, funny thing is, is that when they sent me for training, uh, I was supposed to be rooming with this guy named Jimmy Nix, great dear friend of mine uh, who lives in Jackson, Mississippi. And um, uh, Jimmy was an Ole Miss grad, and I didn't know him from Adam. And they have us rooming in Dallas, Texas, out there doing training for a week. And and again, that was 
40 years ago, almost. And Jimmy and I are great friends today. You know, we, we don't see each other, obviously, as often, but uh, it's it's kind of cool how that all, you know, went together. But out of out of those experiences and taking those friendships is 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 pretty neat. Those are um, the things you carry with you. Exactly. Your... Exactly. So uh, sales, I mean, it was sales from day one, right? You next yeah. law school, you're in sales, you're selling college rings and yearbooks. Yes. And then that puts you in a position to move into aggregate sales. You start selling for Hanson. You've sold for Martin Marietta, and now you're the vice president of sales for Martin Marietta. So sales has always uh, just been something that you not just have done as a job, like you love it. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, My dad, unfortunately, passed away a year ago, December, Uh, and he was a great role model when it came to sales. He was... uh, he was in sales with Russell Athletic when I was growing up. He actually started out as a high school football coach in Atlanta. He played football at Georgia Tech, and but he got out of coaching, got into sales. He was with Russell Athletic and then moved on to Diversified Products, which is the old DP Fit for Life home exercise equipment. And my dad was the kind of person that everybody wanted to be around. And uh, so to watch him and deal with people and how he treated people Uh, I learned a lot from that. Um, But the thing I think I like about sales, Brandon, is, is that, um, you know, you hear, you hear a lot of talk about servant leadership and things like that. But my role in sales from what I've always seen is, is that, um, is that, you know, I'm interested in my customer, whoever's buying my product, I'm interested in their success. And I think people read that. People understand that. So it's not all about, in this case, it's not all about Mark Marietta. It's about Hoopal grading. It's about our other customers, you know, wanting to see those people be successful and how we can be a, like I said, instead of just being liked, being respected as a business person, because that's the way that we bring value to that relationship with our customer. I think that's great. And Jim, I've seen it firsthand. And I love the fact that you you mentioned that about your dad, because it, your dad realized it. You realize it. It's it's not just selling a product. It's a relationship. That's it's right. establishing a relationship with someone and understanding their pains and understanding how you can help them. Right. And uh, I have watched you do that more times than I can count. And I've learned so much from watching you do that, Jim. You, we had a we had a very difficult uh, client that said one time we had gone in for a price increase, and I never will forget that. That client told someone, I think it was uh, the president of the company at the time, said, Jim Thompson can come in and give me a price increase and make me feel good about it. <laughs> He's the only right. one that can do that. But you did. You had that ability. You had the ability to go in and deliver potentially bad news, but someone feel good about it and feel okay about it and, and respect you. Well, I appreciate you saying that, Brandon. And, and in my new role, and in this VP of sales position, I've only been in this role since March 3rd. And this is a new role. Like This, didn't, this didn't exist. Did not exist. So they created a role uh, for vice president of sales. So right. that, why, why create that role? Well, I don't, I don't know if I want to question it too much, Brandon, because uh, somebody may say, you know, there is absolutely no value in this whatsoever. Uh, but, but the thing I'm really enjoying about, and again, I'm just new into the position, but coaching and working, you know, with the younger folks. And one of the first things I tell them is, is that when I started in the aggregates business, um, I felt like I was selling a commodity, you know, that it was just anywhere, everywhere. And the only differentiating 
thing about the product was the price. And, um, and as I gained more knowledge and more experience, I understood that our product is a non-renewable resource and it's got a greater value tomorrow than it has today. So if you take pride in what it is that you're doing, and in our case, selling rocks, um, you know, it, it gives you a whole different perspective about what it is that you're doing. And, you know, we don't, we're not the main ingredient uh, of all of our customers' business. We play a part, um, but, you know, typically we're not the difference between in a competitively bid project, whether the stone, you know, it didn't tip the scales, you know, one way or the other. But, but to build the pride in our sales force that what we're doing brings value and, um, and again, wanting to be respected as a business person, not just to be liked. That's it. That's great. And you know what you have, um, I was sitting here thinking as you were talking, you know, you have, it doesn't surprise me at all that they have created this role and that they have asked you to, to fill this role because you have been able to build a formula to make successful leaders, successful sales teams. And so, but you haven't always known that you've kind of created it along the way. Matter of fact, you and I had the opportunity to do that together. And I was sitting here thinking about some of the meetings that we've been in. And we had a discussion before we started rolling this episode about one particular, can we tell that story? Sure. I sure. think that was one of the sure. coolest. So just to tee this up really quick, we're going into a very important meeting. This is probably the biggest project that I had ever been a part of. I don't know about you, right. but uh, millions of dollars sales uh, opportunity in front of us. And we're going into this massive client in this big time meeting and it starts going south, right? We're in the middle of this meeting and uh, we could tell this was not going in our favor. And I never will forget. Can, I want you to tell the story. because First of all, um, we had the support of our upper management, you know, so, so, you know, um, you know, one of the things I love about working for Martin Marietta is, is our level of business ethics and integrity. There's never a gray area. You, you do the right thing, you know? And so communicating with our upper management, they knew what was going on. They gave us that support. And an expression that I've used, and Brandon's heard me say this many times, is, is that, um, you know, we want a mutually beneficial business relationship. And if we can't get there, sometimes the only thing you can do is take your ball and go home. All right. And so we go into this meeting. It was in a high rise in downtown Charlotte. <clears throat> and I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was a big deal. We had the backing of our upper management. And uh, the previous meeting, we had about three issues that we were trying to get through. So we come in with the guy and this guy was you know, you run across these kind of people on occasion. They're not necessarily interested in you getting a win. They're just interested in them getting a win. And um, and so we sat there with the guy, and he said, look, we've looked over these three items. He said, we're not going to be able to move on it. And I said, well, if that's the case, then we're out. And he goes, what do you mean we're out? You're out. And I, actually, it's two projects, one in Florida and one in uh, South Carolina. And uh, I said, we're out. We, you know, we have an obligation to our company and to our shareholders. And, you know, I can't knowingly enter into a deal that I don't think is good for our company. And he said, so you're just done. I said, yeah, we're done. And he said, uh, he said, well, I guess this meeting's over. And Brandon and I stood up and 
Brandon, bless his heart, was beat red in the face. He was so embarrassed, and he wasn't saying anything. But, um, but you know, I, we stood up, and the guy never stood up from behind the desk. I went to shake his hand. He wouldn't shake our hands. And so we walked out, didn't say a word. We got out by the elevator, and Brandon looks at me, and he goes, Man, that was some Clint Eastwood stuff in there. It was awesome. It was awesome. So. That was one of the coolest things. I, you're right. I remember that. Like I was like, is this really happening? Are we walking out of this million-dollar deal right now? And we get in the elevator, and none of us have said anything. And I look at you, and I said, that's the coolest thing <laughs> I've ever seen. But you know what's really cool about that, Jim, is that, and that's a great lesson, and that's why you're in the role that you are now, because you had to teach me that. You had to show me that, that – it's okay to walk away from a deal if it puts you in a position where you have to compromise your core values and who you are. Right. And we were able to do that. And it actually turned out good for we ended it up did. getting the job. And I think, you know, being able to walk out, put us in a position, uh, gave us actually some more leverage. I think so. In the negotiations afterwards. But we were able to do that because we had the backing. Right. Uh, the leadership at Martin Marietta. And then I could walk out because I knew you had my back. And right. so you're in a position now to be able to share that story with young professionals and tell them that it's okay. And not only is it okay, we expect you to walk out and respectfully. Right. If it puts you in a position where you got to compromise who you are and your core values. So sure. I love that. It, what a great story. It, I'm glad it worked out because well, it could have gone. And sometimes it doesn't work out like that. You know, sometimes uh, you wind up, but you, you have to be, you know, you have to be strong in your resolve that we're running a business just like our customers are. And we're, you know, and with Martin Rietta being a publicly held company, um, we have people that, you know, are shareholders of the company and, you know, they expect us to be good stewards of what it is that we're doing out there. You mentioned something earlier that um, made me think not to get off track, but, you know, when I came here in Charlotte in 2001 and you and I started working together, we didn't have a manual, you know, it's for, for those of you that have newborn kids, they don't come with a manual, you know, so you have to kind of figure it out. And we tried some things um, that were kind of innovative, you know, in our business uh, from a sales standpoint, some of them worked, some of them didn't work. Uh, but, um, but we kept kind of, that kept, you know, kind of changing as, as we went along. So it's kind of interesting to be in the role that I'm in now and one of the things that's really cool is, so our East Division is Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. And we've got some tremendous salespeople and sales teams, and I like to call them, I don't, I don't call them young people anymore, but I call them future leaders in the company. And it's exciting for me being at this point in my career to be able to share some of my experiences and stuff. And, you know, and I tell them all the time, you know, when I'm meeting with them, I'm not your boss. I'm not your sales manager's boss. I'm not the VPGM's boss, but I'm just here to help and encourage them. So it's been it's been good. And I and I, you know, I all any of us want to do is try and make a difference. And that's what's exciting to me. Well, it's you've got a very good track record of being able to do that. And I think that's I'm I'm excited to see you get this opportunity and I know that you're gonna make an impact on these young professionals that are early in their career. You know, that track record is I think it's the result of two things. Number one, you've got to be able to identify talent, right? You gotta be able to pick out those that you want to fill your bench with. And then number two, you gotta be able to teach them and coach them. Right. So that's a skill set that you you have. Tell me I wanna 
I want to, we, this is what we say here at the Give Us a Dirt, we want to dig into that a little okay. bit, right? All right, so number one, when you're trying to assemble a team, Jim, what are the characteristics that you're looking for? When you hire someone in sales, what what is that quality that you're looking for? Well, let me first say that I've been blessed with great people around me. I tell people all the time, you know, from a management standpoint, leadership standpoint, nobody gets there by themselves, you know? And so... So I've been blessed with having really good people around me, top, bottom, whatever. But you know, one of the things that I think is important, and I take take this from being a customer, like I said in the you know in the construction business. But um, I look for people that are humble. I look for people that are hardworking. I look for people that have a high level of integrity. Uh, I tell people all the time that Martin Marietta is patient with me making mistakes. They don't like for me to make the same ones twice. But the quickest way out the door for me or anybody with Martin Marietta is to violate our, you know, business ethics. And so when you think about that, it makes it easy to make hard decisions like you and I did. We had the support of our upper management in that story we just told. But, um, you know, you're not having to figure out, you know, is there a gray area? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? It's about we do the right thing. So I look for people like that, that... Um, and are competitive, you know, people that want to work hard, people have a desire to, you know, do better. Um, and we'll teach you the business, you know. Uh, again, it's not, um, I used to tell you this. I've told some of our other guys that have come behind, man, I was just like you. I'm eager, young man in a hurry, want to do more, want to make more money, you know, want to have more responsibility and those kind of things. But I tell our guys all the time, you're going to feel like you're ready before I let you go, you know? And I think I told you that, you know, when we were coming along. Uh, and that, I think, has has helped be successful. But, again, uh, there's a lot of luck to that. Um, we've had some that didn't work out, obviously, but uh, but you, you learn and you move on from there. I think that's really cool. And one of the greatest testaments to your leadership is that, um, you know, you, you say that, you say – you know, it wasn't experience. It wasn't test scores. It wasn't the pedigree that you were looking for. It was humility, work ethic, integrity, a drive to win. It's character. Yes. So you're hiring and you're filling your bench with people that you know have character and you are willing to teach them the business, but you can't teach them those things. You can't teach them character. Right. And so I love the fact that you are identifying that when you when you go to building your team. So you build this team. You've got this group of people. They've all got character, but they don't have a lot of skills, right? right. And so you've got to start training them. How do you do that part, Jim? How do you how do you what's your secret to developing a team? Brandon, I think it starts with leading by example. Uh, I think that is for me that has been the way that I was most comfortable with doing it. Um, I think with being a leader, you know, there's different, you know, and, and uh, you know this about me. I've always loved reading about successful people, regardless of what what it is that they were doing, what field they were in. Not that there's a formula or a recipe, but I like seeing how different people have been successful in what they do uh, and what works and what doesn't work. So, you know, for me, um, it's leading by example. It's not asking somebody to do something I haven't done or wouldn't do myself. So a lot of people call it, you know, leading from the front uh, as opposed to leading to the from the back. And um, and then my enthusiasm of, again, I talked about, you know, 
it, it's been such a blessing to wind up in this business. I love it. I love the people. Um, and when you enjoy something like that, I think people see that and it's contagious. And so leading by example, just like, you know, you know, a lot of the people on our team, I look at it as, you know, we kind of give you the foundation and, you know, we're going to, we're going to continue to lead by example, but then these guys put their own personality on it and stuff. And it's, it's neat to see how it, how it has developed. And I think as such, what a great word that contagious, Mm -hmm. because that's something else I want to talk about, Jim, that you, you have a, uh, a gift for, and that is your attitude. And I hope our listeners can pick that up with you talking right now that you, you love what you do. You have a great attitude about it. And we all have people in our lives that like, there's that certain person that you, you just struggle to get along with. Right, there's that certain personality type that you you struggle with, and I can get along with most people for you know for the most part. The one that I struggle with is that person that's got a bad attitude, right? Right, and you, I have never ever seen you on a day with a bad attitude, and I don't even know how that's possible, right? I'm I am a passionate person. I would get angry, and there were days, Jim, I would remember thinking, well, why is he not angry? Right. Why is he not upset about this like I am? But Jim, I, that. Your attitude was something I will, I will never forget and something I always carry with me because it inspires people, it uh, attracts people to the team, it motivates, and I think it breeds happier and more productive teams. And so how do you stay so positive all the time? First of all, I would say that uh, I'm not positive all the time. I probably hide sometimes, you know, because nobody has every day as an up day, um, but my faith is a big strength that helps me with that. Um, but I've always thought, Brandon, and you've, you've heard me say this before, is is that you know when you have a bad attitude uh, or you feel yourself starting to go down that path, you need to go have a meeting with yourself. You know, you need to go to the shoot skeet or you need to go hit a bucket of golf balls or whatever. But you need to have a meeting with yourself because once you verbalize that bad attitude, it's hard to ever get it back on track. Um, the other thing is, I think as a leader, people, I think you got to have a balance. You don't need to be too high and you don't need to be too low. You need to be approachable. Um, because when people are scared of their boss, you know, that's not conducive to being successful. I mean, people are not going to really tell you and, you know, and and be able to, to flourish like that. But I will say this, that, um, you know, like I said, we all go through things in life that challenge us, uh, but I think attitude is a choice. And what's always been important to me is in my managing of the team in Charlotte and, um, and having that opportunity is, you know, you've heard me talk about our work family and our family at home. And we all spend so much time with our work family that it's always been important to me that, sure, like I said, we're going to have challenges, but when your feet hit the floor in the morning, I don't want anybody on my team dreading coming to work. And so I want to try and create an environment. And as we've had the opportunity to hire people in Charlotte and things like that, regardless of the role, I've always felt like the chemistry of the team was important. And that was a part of, you know, the the discussion. But, you know, the big thing is that I've always said is, is that what's important to me is, is that uh, we don't get people hurt. We crush it as cheap as we can, and we sell it for as much as we can because that's our you know duty to the company. But we all have a good time doing it, and we're respectful of our coworkers. Jim, and I'll tell you that's um, that's 
that's culture. And you have created a culture, and you can see that with your team, and you do a good job of that. All those things come together to create that culture. But that's a difficult assignment, creating culture in corporate America, right? Martin Marietta is a $23 billion company. So how does Jim Thompson create culture inside of an environment where leadership is constantly changing? You've got acquisitions that are coming, people coming in from all over the place. The dynamics of the market and the business change every 90 days. How do you influence culture in a company like that? Uh, it is challenging. I mean, we've got over 10,000 or right at 10,000 employees. Um, and, you know, and it is, it's a big corporate giant. And when you and I started, or when I started with the company 20 years ago, it was so much smaller, you know, and it was so much family. But I try to influence what I can influence. And I try not to worry about the other stuff and static is what I like to call it that's going on, you know, around. Um, I can have an impact, or I, I hope I've had a positive impact in Charlotte and our operations in Charlotte and South Carolina and with our relationships with our customers and things like that. And um, and and I, I try not to get caught up in all the other stuff that may be going on. But I will tell you this. The beauty of Mark Marietta is that our leadership, um, I worked with our CEO, Ward Nye, uh, for several years at Hanson before – Actually, I came over to uh, Mark Marietta before he did, but he has a great talent of speaking to people on all different levels. Our hourly employees, um, investors, uh, bankers, you know, he's just he's just a great guy to work for. And he's he's been a role model for me uh, from a standpoint of I want to be the type leader he is because you know, I, I said earlier, you can't get there by yourself. You can't be successful by yourself. I want to see Ward and I be successful, and that's important to me. And I, I think some of my team would tell you the same thing about me, and and that's that's awesome. So, you know, again, we're a big, huge company, but I think you would find our overall culture is we got some really good people. Uh, you're not dealing with a lot of egos and things like that. And again, that goes back to the blessing for me to be in a business that, um, you know, that I can wear boots and, you know, meet with hourly employees at quarries and get dirty and, you know, and things like that. It just, you know, it's, it's not a whole lot of egos and, and too serious, you know, but it's a well-run company and a very, uh, like I said, been a blessing for me to be a part of it. I think that's incredible. I think it's incredible to maintain a culture like that at the size that you are with 10,000 people. Um, I just, it, it's incredible. And Martin Marietta, I, I tell people all the time, fantastic company, just solid and true uh, to their core values and maintains that culture. I, I had nothing but the most incredible experience working for Martin Marietta. I always value that. Uh, you do have some incredible team members and leaders in place. And that's what makes Martin Marietta such a great company. So we've got time for one more question. Okay. And this is this is where we're asking you to give us the dirt. Okay. Right? We, we want to know what can we expect from Martin Marietta? What's going on? Like what exciting is coming up over the next 12 months? Are you guys content being a $23 billion company? We are not. Um, we, and again, this was, you know, has been part of Ward Nye's vision and what he's implemented throughout the company is, we want to be a world-class organization. And when we talk about that, we don't want to be just the best mining company 
in the United States. We want to be world-class, and we've identified different attributes that we think will help us get there, and we're constantly working on those. Um, that's important to us. Uh, we have um, the ability uh, and the regulatory wherewithal to be able to um, you know, grow the company, and, uh, and that's what we're intent on doing. And Ward has a goal to Ward and I has a goal and we're all pushing everything that we can to get there. The thing that's exciting to me, Brandon is, is that, you know, I'm of a age group where we're starting to have some people retire and things like that. And when, when I go to the house, it's going to be other people's job to run the company. And I could not be more excited about the future leaders that we have on the team and uh and they're going to do great things and uh and i'm looking forward to seeing that happen but one of the most important things about succession planning is knowing when to get out of the way and my time will come and i'm going to miss the people but i could not be more excited about how martin marietta is going to grow and i can't wait to see what it looks like 10 years from now you got a date circled on the calendar uh, you know, I'd like to work as long as I could. Uh, you know, like I said, somebody in this new role, you know, that I'm in, somebody after a year may say, you know, I see absolutely no value in this whatsoever, and I, then I go to the house. But I doubt that. I enjoy doing what I'm doing, and um, and and we'll see. But I do not have a date circled on the calendar. I hope nobody else does either. I hope I hope they don't either, <laughs> Jim, because we want you in here for a long time. We well, thank you. We appreciate what you do for for us. I appreciate what you do for me, but. We appreciate what you do for this industry. You are a great ambassador for the construction industry, for the mining industry, and for Martin Marietta. And I am honored to have you join us today. Thank you for being a guest with us on the Give Us the Dirt podcast. Uh, we look forward to seeing all the amazing things you do in your new role and with your team. Well, thank you, Brandon. It's been a, a great pleasure, and, and you don't know how much the friendship that you and I have means to me. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim. Thank you.